Thanks for checking out Coffee Pods, a coffee break length look into the Christian healing ministry. This season, we're chatting through how we can find hope when life hurts. So whether you're an Americano, a cappuccino, or a latte, there is something here for you. So pick up your coffee mug, plug yourself in, and let's go. Okay, good to be back. Wes, how are you doing? Yep, doing fine, thank you. Had had jabs of various things to keep us all well alive. Done. So yeah. Good, good. Well, I'm pleased to be back with you today. We've got another um hope when life hurts topic to look at. And today we're going to be chatting through human sexuality. Um, so it's such a broad and big topic. So we'll have to try and condense it into the time we've got. Um, But what I'd like to do, just in case people are wondering sort of where we stand in ministry and healing with human sexuality, is read to you from our website, our um, value or one of our values on human sexuality. And you can find all of our values on the vision and values page of our website because it all somewhat feeds in together. You can't really read one value or have one value without the others. But um, this is ACORN's uh, policy and value on human sexuality. It is ACORN's policy in keeping with its values to be inclusive of all. In this light, we serve every individual where we meet them on their discipleship journey. We're very aware of the levels of debate, anxiety and pain which accompany the current consideration of the issue of human sexuality both inside and outside the church and within society in general. As a Christian foundation with its roots and practice within the Anglican church, Acorn serves all in the name of Christ. Wes, could you just briefly explain sort of how this came about for Acorn, this um, value and why we've, why we've made it one of our values? Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because it's sort of, um, the issue of sex pops up in the church periodically, you know, and it has done through church history. And uh, there have been some sort of spectacular moments of of getting it right and, and getting it wrong. What what we decided was in keeping with the message of Jesus was that we would serve people irrespective of the circumstances they're in, the life choices they'd made or the or how they arrive at us. Yeah. Because uh, I think one of the one of the things that I would put in right at the beginning for us is that I don't think God made the church his policeman. No. I think I think God made the church his sort of assistant shepherd. So so we're there to 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 minister to anybody, to pray for anybody. If you're sick, you know, it, it doesn't matter how you got to us or or your life choices. We're going to pray for you in the name of Jesus, because I think that's consistent with what Jesus did himself. Um, th- the other th- value that people will find that is a lie alongside that is, it, and it, we'll maybe talk about this, but it comes down to the image of God. And we decided this, Lisa, we decided that as a Christian ministry, we one of our roles was to identify and enhance the image of God that we find in every person we encounter, irrespective mm-hmm. of where they are at that moment and a bit like you i bet you've had a worst five minutes in your life you know, yeah, of course <laughs> or, or maybe a few in my case yeah actually, but but actually you know even even though that i might have made choices in those moments 
actually, I still carry the image of God. And so we wanted to say to people that in relation to any area of your life, and, and we we needed to address this issue because it was a very current issue and it's still going to be a very current issue, even now with things like gender identity. Um, we wanted to be clear so that people could feel that they were safe and that we would we would meet them with understanding because we weren't making sex the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be a, a breath of fresh air and a bit and a bit of a release for some people hearing that because it's not often a this is spoken about or that there's something written so you know you know if you go to a church or whatever where they stand on it but also if you think through the generations things have changed so much that some people may be holding on to the shame the you know that they received when they were younger for for being a certain way that you may not receive now because things have changed so much. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and you know, I mean, I know that, you know, there are, and I understand it, that in, in a sense, if you look at our culture, um, things that my parents would have thought shocking on, on TV now are, are passe, you know, they're like, yeah and so but and that shift has been within culture and within the church and in the world ever since we started you know yeah you know and so i can understand why some are very stalwartly against things because they want to halt some sort of moral decline and i appreciate that mm -hmm. um and, and in some measures you know somebody you know has commented that you know our culture is is just like corinth you know that yeah. we're in now but i think that for me the main issue was that we wanted to say to people the choices that you've made and how you come don't determine a the reception you're going to get from us and b how we're going to want to bring you in connection with christ so the thing for me as a pastor lisa um you know way way back uh, I decided that we would deal with the issue of sexuality in relation to discipleship, where you are in your journey with God, rather than morality, where you appear to stand in relation to society. Mm, that's good. So, so I, I wanted to say to people, um, I, I can have a conversation with you about anything, right? But actually, it's in the context of the journey that you're taking with Jesus. Right? Yes. Not how well we think that you're fitting into the culture that, that even the church culture you're in. Yeah. Why why do you think there is such a emphasis then on sex in particular, sexuality in the church? And, and as you say, it it's almost seen as like the, the worst sin in the world, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you could rob a bank and be forgiven in church, but I mean, you get a girl pregnant and that's like, you know, the, the end of the line for you. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think one of the key elements uh, within that is, is yes, that, that God is holy and he's pure and we're trying to understand that. And each generation tries to work out what that means in, it, in its in its culture. Um, but I also think that I mean, I realized, for instance, the church that I grew up in, Lisa, they had more confidence in the world to corrupt me than they had in Christ to keep me. Oh, wow. And so all the warnings and all the, um, and 
I mean, I wonder how many people, um, you know, when they were young people in churches have sat through the sex talk, you yeah. know, from their youth leaders. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and we were all told that sex is terrible and you're going to hate it. That was a big lie. That was, yeah. you know, uh, and of course, God created sex. Yes, for procreation, you know, go, go forth and multiply. But he also created it for pleasure. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we, we never told young people about that. And so we didn't, no. they didn't know what to do with it. But I, I think one of the interesting things is that, that, that sex was to do, funnily enough, in Genesis, sex is to do with the image of God. Um, and and I, someone's going to be shocked and write in about that, I'm sure. But what I mean is this, um, the, the go forth and multiply, right? Go mm-hmm. and beget and begat, right? <laughs> Which, without putting too fine a point on it, that's what it was about. <laughs> what was its purpose? Well, it wasn't just to get more people on the earth. It was to fill the earth with the image of God. Oh, wow. Because Adam and Eve were in the image of God. So what, were they, what yeah. they, you know, they were going to produce little images of God that would grow up mm. into big images of God. And that's why I want the conversation to be about discipleship, because it's about the image of God. Mm. Okay. It's not about whether you, you know, fit into our church culture. And, you know, do you know what? I, I, I once got told off as a 17 year old outside a, a Baptist church because I kissed Mary uh, outside the church after, you know, I was very in, in love and still am in love after 46 years of marriage. Um, but, you know, one of the deacons came and told me off. Really? And he said, we don't want people thinking that anything like that goes on in here. And I was a really cocky, arrogant, cheeky 17 year old <laughs> to which I replied, you mean you don't want them to think that we love one another? Um, that, that wasn't the answer he was looking for. And, and <laughs> no. I, unfortunately, he's not alive now, but I do apologize. I was being incredibly <laughs> arrogant. But I think it's caused a lot of pain over the years. Mm-hmm. And I would just want to say to people um, on behalf of the church where we got it wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Most people are trying to do it for the right reasons. We're not yeah. always sure what the right reasons are. What I do know is that wherever people are on the journey in relation to sexuality and whatever, that they are in, they are incredibly loved by God. I mean, Lisa, I've made, you know, crazy life choices that I wouldn't make now. Absolutely not. Yeah. But in those moments, God didn't withdraw his love from me and say, OK, I don't like you anymore. And in mm. fact, I think when I struggle and when we struggle, I think God wants us to feel more of his embrace rather than less. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think that's such a good grounding point for all of us um, as Christians that it's, it is down to discipleship. That's what it leads back to, isn't it? Um, because it's quite humbling when you, when you think about it like that, it almost makes you put everything else aside, all your preconceptions or judgments or even if it's, you know, good judgments, it, it puts them aside and makes you realize this person is a child of God and mm. I'm going to love them as much as God does. Yeah. And of course, now we've got uh, this whole issue of gender identity, not, not yeah. just, um, you know, uh, gay, straight, uh, bisexual, um, transgender. And, and Acorns had experience of all of those. Um, but actually, it's now about, you know, are you a he, a him, um, mm-hmm. or are you a, a they or them, you know, and, yeah. and whatever. And I, I feel very much for our young people and even for my own grandchildren who are growing up in a culture where that is now uh, an accepted part of reality. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that I would say within the church 
is I think we need to tell people not, not what we think about the choices that they've made. This is wrong. This is right. I think we need to talk to them about the, the purpose that they were made and, and whose image they're made in. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, you know what it's like. You, you tell somebody not to do something and they're just going to go and <laughs> try it out, find out yeah. that you shouldn't do it. But actually, I think the beauty of it is that we are made in the image of God. And, and part of um, the church's role is to help people understand that the image of God looks like Jesus. Of course, um, yeah. We're made in that image. So yeah. wherever we're starting from, you know, whatever our journey is, we can step into that. And that's what Acorn wanted to do, to say to people, we're going to pray for you, you know, whatever. I mean, I've prayed for people, mm. you know, I pray for people who've, who've had guns <laughs> and, <laughs> and was threatening to use them on somebody else. And I pray for them. And, yeah, you know, I pray for people who have done appalling things. Mm. Um, because I don't get to... To, to say to people, I'm not praying for you because I don't like what you've done. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's true about sex as well. Of course. And I always, try and, I, I, I always try and put myself in other people's shoes when I don't understand things. And um, I, I wonder, you know, if, I, if whatever's going on in my life, whatever anyone else thinks of it, I would want them to pray with me if I wanted prayer. Hmm. I wouldn't want someone to withhold that because of my life choices. No. And, and isn't it funny that, um, do you know what I love about Jesus? I mean, among the many things <laughs> is he, he prays with people and heals people and, and talks with people and eats with people that the church wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, a great, honestly, a great story. We had a lady, um, somebody came to me after one service and uh, when I was uh, leading a church and I talked about Jesus, the great includer and how he just mm -hmm. opens his arms and draws everybody in wherever we start from. Mm -hmm. And the person came to me and said, oh, they, you know, lovely message, Vicar. Something. And they said, um, you know, looking forward to the day when Jesus can send prostitutes to a church like ours. Now, we were quite a large church and I didn't mm. want to tell her that we already had two in the church mm. and her husband sat next to one in the service, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. because because people are journey from all over the place in relation to right. every issue, including human sexuality. So, you know, I just would want to say to people, um, wherever you are on that journey, um, whatever identity, whatever th thing you have understood yourself to be i want to say to you that there is a place next to god for you mm. and if that wasn't true i shouldn't be here either yeah um because in a sense and i know that people don't like me saying it but lisa we're all struggling with something of course whether it's jealousy or pride or, or you know, mm. my case at 17, arrogance, um, which some of people listening <laughs> might think, well, you still haven't got over that. <laughs> but um, I, we, ha we had a, a lovely gay guy in the church and he came to me one Sunday and he said, um, can I ask a question? So I said, yeah. He said, well, why haven't you asked me to leave? So I said, why, why would I do that? He said, well, you know that I, you know, and, and he was, at times active and and whatever um and he said you know i'm surprised that you know knowing what the church churches think in general about it he said why haven't you asked me to leave and i said oh that's really easy he said because if i uh, if i have to ask you to leave 
I have to ask me to leave. And I have to ask that family to leave. And then, oh, they're going to have to leave as well. Oh, and mm-hmm. actually the worship band, they're going to have to leave. And so are most of the leaders going to have to leave. And, and he said, what's your point? I said, because we're all looking to God for help over something. Of course we so are. Yeah. Whether, it's, whether it's this issue, whether it's that issue, whether it's anger, whatever it is. Mm. And that's why we decided let's do it in discipleship. Let's not do it in morality. Absolutely. Um, I've got a couple of points just to bring up before we do come to a close um and i suppose that these are things we could talk about for days but um there'll be people listening who have been hurt um not necessarily just by the church but just just by society um and some examples might be that you might be listening and you're struggling with your well maybe not even struggling you've accepted who you are but other people haven't um and they may want to pray that you are healed um for your from a sexuality or from your immorality as they may see it that's an incredible hurt and a, a huge assumption on the other person's behalf to then want to pray for somebody for that um what what do we do with that? It's like I be, you know I believe personally we, we should not be praying for healing for somebody's sexuality. Um, as you say, we we welcome them in with open arms. But how can we help people who are hurt from that? I, I think the interesting thing about it is that um, you know when the, when the church uses language like that, it mm. puts it in the same category as disease, of cancer, of Alzheimer's. Okay, and actually I'd like to say to the church, if you could get better at doing cancer and Alzheimer's first, (laughs) I'd I'd be really up for that, okay? But but what I would say to people in the the thing, um, which which is what we say to to everybody who comes to ACON, you should only let people pray for you if you're comfortable with them. Yeah. So in our prayer ministry training, we give people permission to say no. If somebody yeah. says, can I pray for you for this? And if, if you don't want it, you, it's okay to say no, you know, and, and nobody will get offended in Acorn about that. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is that, um, you know, uh, the issues of our sexuality are not simply an issue of, of a something in the body that we think might change, but it's mm-hmm. something in the mind and in the heart. Yeah. And my experience is that God you know, God is really smart. Have you worked that out? <laughs> he knows. He knows that. And so, you know, the church wants to see an instant result so that your life doesn't look messy, so you don't make the church yeah. look bad. But actually, the real truth is God is journeying with us, Lisa, where we are and saying, would you like to take another step with me? That's lovely. Yeah. And that's what that's what we're about. Yeah, fantastic. Um, is there anything you'd like to add in before we before we sort of come to a close? I just want to say to people in Genesis, it says, and God made mankind in his own image, male yeah. and female, he made them. And I just want to say, whoever you are today and whatever journey you're on, the thing that is still with you is the image of God. Mm. And I would say hey that's what we're going to focus on and that's what you should focus on because the image of god isn't an idea ultimately the image of god is a person and his name is Mm. jesus amazing cool will you as usual pray for those listening please thanks lord you know us each person who's listening to this you you know us so well 
And so my prayer is simply this. God, would you please just draw near to each one of us today? And whatever it is today that we need to discover with you and journey with you and however we need your help today. Lord, I ask that you will draw near to us in such a way that we know it's you and we know which way you want to lead us. But Father, I also pray for those who've been hurt, Lord, through either the eagerness or the ignorance of others. And Lord, I ask for your healing grace to come to us that lord on this day we might find a fresh place in which to journey with you and i ask this because of jesus and because we are made in the image of god amen amen brilliant thanks wes and if uh, you've been listening you've got questions or just comments do feel free to drop us an email because we do like to hear from you all and i think next week we're starting a new series aren't we wes yeah we are yeah linking so we look into, forward to that yeah linking it into the 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 uh, acorn live service so yeah come and have a listen fantastic yeah cool so we'll catch you all later and thanks wes okay bye bye We hope that you found this week's episode of Coffee Pods helpful and inspirational. If you like what you're listening to, please give us a like and share. We'll catch you soon.